Keeping the faith in the family. Keeping the family in the faith. The scripture is perfect and applicable. The more that we study, the more biblical. Our lives can become, we can even be fun. So long as the truth is our prize. O Lord of all, make us holy and wise. Hey everybody, welcome to the Faith and Family Radio Show. I'm Ryan, I'm here with my lovely wife as always, Elaine. Hello. As you may have noticed, we have not been around for a while. What? We've been very busy lately, just doing different things. Well, you've been working like a thousand hours a week to start. You know, we talk about that quite a bit. It hasn't really let up yet. Um, But I'm thankful because it's a little, it's what, about a week now before your vacation? Yes. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I I am going on vacation for a week. That is, I I mean, I'm counting the days. Like, I'm so excited to have you home. I mean, you you were home, what was it, a week or two ago for the Way of the Master filming. Right. Um, Yeah. But and that's you another thing really, we can talk about. Yeah, but you weren't really home, home. <laughs> I, I wasn't on the clock. <laughs> I wasn't at work. Yes. Uh, as Elaine mentioned, we did some filming with uh, The Way of the Master TV show, Living right. Waters. We are the state representatives for Ohio. Mm-hmm. And we just got to hang out with Eddie Roman for a few days and go all over the place, do a bunch of different outreaches in preparation for something they're doing with season five. Yeah. And may it be used for God, for God's glory. Yes. And may we not look too foolish. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fun, though. It really was. And may CCN through this become more known and uh, Christian Collegiate Network that is yes and may more people sponsor these American missionaries that are on the campus sharing the gospel because it is a good solid ministry yes can't say that about a lot of ministries this is one of them yeah actually uh, the creation network Mm -hmm. actually polled over 400 christian campus ministries Mm -hmm. and of over 400 campus ministries Mm -hmm. christian collegiate network is the only campus ministry willing to take a firm stance on a literal six-day creation account Wow. We're the only ones that are willing to stand firm on young earth creationism. Mm. Well, I mean, even in the more solid circles, we're seeing compromise in that area in particular. And it, I agree with Ken Ham's stance that like that really opens the door for questioning the rest of Scripture. So Yes, and that's one of the reasons we take such a firm stance on it is because we feel it is a biblical authority issue. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a college ministry to sponsor, changeyourcampus.com. That's correct. And we have a couple of different missionaries that are that would love to be full time. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 go to the college campus and beyond. They go all over the place. I myself, I go all over the place. I'm not just on the college campus. So you right. really would be supporting American missionaries. We're gonna have to do a whole episode on that because there are some people who are gonna hear that and be like, "Y'all ain't missionaries." And right, we'll have to have giggles on as a guest <laughs> for for. Those of you who don't know, Giggles is our friend Jennifer Pepling, mm-hmm. the president of Christian Collegiate Network, and she actually got that nickname from Ray Comfort. We won't go into the details. We'll we'll have to have her on and let her share the story. Right. So a- another thing that we just got done doing before recording is it's Halloween. It's October thirty first. Mm-hmm. So we celebrated National Evangelism Day by getting candy and gospel tracts ready in baggies and handing them out to the kids as they came to our door. Right. And that was a little bit of a letdown. <laughs> yeah, I think we had a total of five kids show yeah. up. That's that's probably one of our worst years. Like the I would say the only one comparable to it was back when we were living in Cleveland. There was a house we lived on a sh- uh, street where it was like maybe like six houses. <laughs> it was a very small street and it was a lot more ghetto than where we are now, so you can't blame people for not wanting to trick or treat over there. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was probably about we got that many people there. So Yeah, I, I don't even bad. think we had that many. I think we had like three. That's and they terrible. were all kids that were going to our Sunday school classes at the at the time. They must have known we were there then. Like they've got to have candy because they've they used to come to our house like when we were having like fellowship nights and steal our hot dog. Well, they didn't steal it. We let them have them, but <laughs> they would come just for the food. Those heathens. <laughs> well, and that, 
that's the world's mindset with, with mm-hmm. churches is if I need something, I'll go to a church and get a, get a free handout. You well, know, I think not, that's not just that society that's in general. For the church to be doing to no. give stuff away, we, we are supposed to help people. But it, it is a shame that that's what people look at churches for. It needs to be blanketed with the gospel, though. And unfortunately, exactly. at that time, I don't think there was much of that going on, even in our own personal lives, let alone the church we were attending. We, we were more into the gospel definitely than the church. I, yeah. mean, I, I know for Halloween that year, we did give out gospel tracts. Yes, with the yes, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I'm remembering probably earlier than, than that. Okay. But yeah, I, I think towards the end there, we were, we were making our services to the community more grounded in the gospel than they had been prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one outreach, it was in the middle of summer where we were giving out like water bottles and we had gospel tracts we were giving out with them then too. So there right. was there was some growth happening there. That, that was our, our last year there mm-hmm. as we were strongly being led by the Lord to leave that church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were growing in our desire to share the gospel with mm-hmm. people, not just do nice things for people. Yes. And God was opening our eyes to more sound teaching then too. It was just a strong period of growth in our walk, Mm -hmm. which I'm so grateful for um, because the Lord took us out of, um, I mean, we were, we were semi-biblical, but watered down, I guess. Mm. Well, when... Not super liberal, but... When the majority of the teaching we were receiving was not from solid Christians themselves, you know, it... it, And no one had taught us hermeneutics. You know, so, it, you know, our mindset of even approaching scripture was all wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but God is so kind that, you know, he saves us and then he keeps growing us. It's not that he saves us and we're just stuck in ignorance. He sanctifies us. He he brings people into our lives. He opens our eyes to scripture. So that was really a good time for that. And we're still growing. You know, we're not where we need to be by any means. But I don't think we will be until we're in heaven. No. <laughs> No, I think the more I walk with the Lord, the more I see like how much I really still fall short. Mm-hmm. When you're a babe in Christ and you grow a little bit, you think, I got this Christian thing down. I'm like sin-free perfection over here for a minute. It's, that's pride creeping in, I think. Yeah, and, and then the Lord shows you yeah. all that you still have to work yeah. on. And you're like, I'm sorry, Lord, please please stop humbling me so much. <laughs> but yeah, praise God that he does humble us and shows us that he is the one that has perfect wisdom and to just lean on him and trust him that he's going to grow us and he's infinitely knowledgeable. So yeah. Well, today our topic of discussion is going to be the 2016 presidential election. I know, yeah. I know. You're tired of it. You don't want to hear anymore. Is that you? I don't think that's our listeners saying that. I think that's you, honey, because you were kind of <laughs> like when we were approaching the show, like, oh, I'm, I'm really getting sick of talking about this election. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame you. It's just so much drama. So there, there such is divisiveness, a lot such of drama, a lot of fighting within, yes, within especially the within the body of Christ. Yeah. If I could give one statement out to the body of Christ regarding this election. This is not your home. Mm -hmm. Stop fighting over this temporary place Mm -hmm. and who's going to lead it. Mm -hmm. God's in control. He is, and it's just... That doesn't mean we shouldn't vote or anything like that. No, you definitely want to be active, but it would be one thing if the vote was strongly in error, like, I mean, just totally anti-God, anti-biblical. At that point, you can lovingly go to your brother and express concern. And if they're still in total support and they don't see that it's unbiblical, there's definitely room for concern there. But I I think even among the more solid Christians that are voting, it's just... It's sad that they are, that's the hill they're dying on is who they're voting for. And they will abandon their brethren that disagree. Mm -hmm. 
I, I'm looking forward to the apologies that will ensue come November 9th. There won't be. Well, I there might be if people will humble themselves, but I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not seeing a lot of humility taking place. I don't think there will be any humility before the election happens. Yeah. At least it's very rare. I know mm-hmm. I, I have seen one or two people who have humbled themselves and apologized for some of their actions. And praise God for that because it shows that they're examining themselves and their motives and they're willing to put their pride to the side and say, you know what? I didn't approach this in the most God-honoring way and I'm sorry for that. Even right. even if they still feel like they're right. Mm-hmm. You know? I love that. And it's a great example even if I don't agree with who they're voting for. We'll get into more of this and all this debacle after the break. You're listening to the Faith and Family Radio Show. The children of Lima, Peru face many difficulties. Hunger, neglect, abuse, and most importantly, a lack of the gospel. Heart of Christ Ministries seeks to bring the gospel and to fulfill the other needs of the children. Please consider partnering with us. You can sponsor a child for just $25 a month, and there are many other ways to help. Please visit hofcm.org. You're listening to the Faith and Family Radio Show. We are talking today about the 2016 presidential election. And the reason why we want to talk about this is because we do feel this is an important election. We Mm -hmm. feel um, that people should be informed before they go and cast their vote and not just pick someone because they like them. Right. Don't just vote for your team regardless of who the candidate is. Right. It's like rooting for the Browns no matter how horrible they are. Leave that to sports. Don't bring it into politics. (laughs) Okay? Right. Ryan has always been a firm believer and he has really molded me in this way that he believes that you should vote for who you think will do the best job. And that does not limit it to just the two candidates, right, honey? Right. When I was growing up learning about the voting process, I was always taught that you don't vote based on you wanting your team to win, or you don't vote based on who is the most popular, who your favorite guy is. Right. You should vote kind of like a job interview. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're the employer and you're given these possible applicants, mm-hmm. you want to select the person who's going to who you feel is going to do the best job that you're hiring them for. If you have two applicants come to you and one is uh, a drunk that might show up on day one and the other one is a crackhead that might show up on day one. Why would you select either of them, regardless of their qualifications, regardless of which team they're playing for, if they both do not look like they would be suitable candidates for the job, you don't hire them. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem I feel we're seeing in this election and well, in in previous elections as well. But this one is really bad. Yes. And people are so stuck on they they need to vote for that person so that the other person doesn't get on. I just don't feel that's a very logical argument. Well, it's it's fear tactics mm-hmm. is what it is. You're, you're voting out of fear. I, I'm going to vote for this person so that the other person doesn't get in. Mm-hmm. And you always hear the arguments behind it. Oh, well, if that person gets in, we're going to have this and this and this. So do you trust the Lord? Right. China likes to punish those who call themselves Christians. They like to throw them in jail and kick them out of the country for passing out literature, gospel literature. We have we have been blessed here in America, and we believe persecution is coming regardless of who is going to be in office. It's mm-hmm. coming. Right. Let's talk a little bit about our main candidates and what they stand for. Kind of take it from there. And the first one I want to talk about is our Democratic nominee, Hillary Clinton. Not our Democratic nominee, but the Democratic nominee. Yes, yes. Our country's Democratic nominee. Thank you for correcting me, dear. You're quite welcome. (laughs) Hillary, believe it or not, folks, is a professing Christian, claiming to have once attended a United Methodist Church. That right there should be a big red flag, but we'll keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Anything that says United at the front of it, to me, I just run away. Flat 
out United Methodist, um, United Church of Christ, even um, just the UNI, Universalist. I run from that. Mm. Unitarian. Uh, unless it's the uh, United Dairy Farmers, because they have really good <laughs> ice cream. Uh, I will run to them. <laughs> Not for your doctrine, I hope. <laughs> no, just for double scoops. <laughs> but okay. A lot of people want to vote for her because, hey, first woman president. But what does she stand for? And can we as Christians support it? For one, and I am I got a lot of the information, by the way, from her direct website. So this isn't secondhand stats right here. Okay, so this isn't Trump telling you about Hillary. It's no. Hillary telling you about Hillary. Mm-hmm. So she is in favor of gay rights and not just in favor of it, though. She is in favor of it to the point of taking away Christian rights for the sake of gay rights. That's not good. She wants to ban conversion therapies. So say there is someone out there who's a homosexual who gets saved and they're still struggling with the sin of homosexuality. She wouldn't want them to be able to go and get what is known as conversion therapy, where they would meet with Christians who would counsel them regarding their sin and how to repent of it and live in a way that's honoring to the Lord to have a heterosexual relationship or no relationship at all, if that's what the Lord has called them to. She wants to ban that where Christians wouldn't be allowed legally to do that. Well, no, because in her worldview, it's totally normal. There's nothing wrong with that mindset, with the homosexual mindset. Mm -hmm. And another way that she's in favor of more LGBT rights is she supports, and this is a quote, she supports the efforts underway in the courts to protect people from discrimination on the basis of gender identity and sexual orientation in every aspect of public life. Let me, let me just say that last part again. In every aspect of public life, this will include the workforce. But could that even mean inside our churches? I definitely think it's going to go there. And as soon as the churches start saying no, we're going to start seeing pastors and churches being shut down and pastors thrown in jail because they're unwilling to remove their bigoted ways, quote unquote, bigoted ways for the LGBT community. Sadly, you know what? I think many churches won't be closed. I think many will compromise on this. Unfortunately, that is probably true. I think the majority will compromise. I think there may be some opposition, but once it um, has been dealt with firmly, it will be a rarity at a certain point for the church to stand up against this type of stuff. And I think this is for judgment against mm-hmm. America and uh, American Christianity. You know, it's the Bible talks about uh, God separating the wheats from the tares, mm-hmm. the goats from the sheep. I think this is the start of that point where there is separation happening. Mm -hmm. And you know what? In a way, I think that'll be a blessing. I think the fellowship will be sweeter among believers. It'll cause us to be even more molded together in unity. Um, And it will weed out those that cause dissension and bad doctrine, false teaching to invade the church. Mm -hmm. It will separate the true converts from the false converts. Mm -hmm. Um, And we will see the church grow in that, just like in China and in the Middle East. You are hearing reports of the church growing like wildfire. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is she wants to fight for um, the LGBT plus community to um, be able to legally adopt, to have more reign in that area. And some people would say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, I would say it is distorting God's design of the, the family unit. Yes. When you have two men, two women, uh, transgender couple, gender fluid couple. And it will definitely cause confusion mm-hmm. within the children yes. as they they learn from uh, these people. Even if these people were to raise them with traditional values, mm-hmm. seeing what they see every day is much more impactful than what they are taught. Mm-hmm. And even if these children grow up to be well-rounded adults that don't go out and rob banks and kill people, I'm just going to leave it at God says it's wrong 
And if he says it's wrong, I'm going to stand for that, period. And that should be the end of the story. If God says it, you know, we shouldn't be like, but why, God? But why? God knows infinitely more than we do, and he's good. So we know that we can trust him with that. So not only does she want to um, increase gay rights, take away Christian rights, she wants to have stricter gun laws. But you can't take my gun. I'm American. (laughs) And she wants to, especially the big thing that she's focusing on is she wants it to be where people who are deemed terrorists or mentally ill cannot purchase a gun. And there are a lot of people, even more conservative people that would say, well, that doesn't sound too bad. Mm -hmm. But where do you take it? Exactly. Who decides who is mentally ill or who decides who is a terrorist? I think it was a couple of years ago now, there was a video released from within uh, military training Mm -hmm. that listed Christians as extremist terrorists. Mm -hmm. So if they're already putting Christians in the terrorism watch list, Mm -hmm. if we have someone who says we shouldn't give sell guns to those on the terrorist watch list, Mm -hmm. Christians automatically no longer have guns. Now, granted, I I am all for the Second Amendment, Mm -hmm. but it's not a hill I'm willing to die on. No. It's not the gospel. No. You want to take my gun? If I have a gun, I am not (laughs) confirming or denying whether I have gun or guns. (laughs) But if you're going to take my gun, you're going to take my gun. If it's a matter of life or death, you can have my gun. Mm. It's not the gospel. It's not my family. Right. And you know what? That's why I'm going to move quickly on to the next thing, because I really want to focus more on like biblical issues. But that is one that conservative Christians do talk about. And that's where she stands on it. Hillary. uh, This is a quote right here. Hillary is proud to have earned the endorsement of the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. She will always defend the essential health and reproductive care that Planned Parenthood provides for women. I just want to say I've heard Hillary say out of her own mouth that she thinks it's okay to kill a baby up until birth. Wow. So, so, I mean, she, you talk about being loose with being pro-choice. I don't know that we could get looser than that. If you're considering her for a candidate, I want you to go to the scriptures and see what God has to say about life and the value of life and how God has formed us in the, our mother's womb and how children are a gift from God. Yeah. There is no reason any sound Christian should support a candidate that is this pro-death. I personally don't think you should support a candidate that is pro-choice at all. Right. Even in some cases. Right. Because they're saying in some cases, Mm -hmm. murder is okay. Right. Think about that for a second. In some cases, murder is okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you do not think abortion is murder, I would encourage you to go watch 180 Movie. Right. Go to 180movie.com to watch it for free. Or check out our episode on abortion. Yes, you can do that too. (laughs) Um, Lastly, I just want to read um, a quote that I got. We're still on Hillary, right? Yes, we are on Hillary Clinton. And this is... um, I believe someone who is very close to her, I'll have to put it in the show notes who exactly I got the quote from because all I have is the link in front of me. But the quote was, she was an unethical, dishonest lawyer. She conspired to violate the Constitution, the rules of the House, the rules of the committee and the rules of confidentiality. So she's pro-gay marriage. She is pro-choice. And her track record is known liar. She's been known as being a liar her entire career since the Nixon administration. Plus, we have the fact that she's being tried right now. She's under investigation for treason against the United States, yet she's one of the top two presidential candidates of the nation. I think as Christians, we need to be looking to the scriptures when we're picking a candidate. Yes. And we also need to be looking at the person's character. So we see with Hillary, I'm just going to flat out say it. The, the stances she takes are clearly unbiblical and her character is deplorable, as she would say. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to get a drone, um, aren't I? <laughs> we're we're going to have a visit from unmarked black vehicle out front. Yeah. This may be our last episode. <laughs> That's okay. We, we had a good run. <laughs> mm. <laughs> 
Imagine Jesus walking onto your local college campus. What would he say? Would he be like Matthew chapter 9, seeing the people harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd? And say, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. At Christian Collegiate Network, we are sending workers into the harvest. We are training students how to proclaim the glorious gospel. If you want to support our ministry at Christian Collegiate Network by becoming a campus leader or financially, go to changeyourcampus.com. Keeping the faith, the faith in the family. Today we're talking about the 2016 presidential election. And before the break, we talked about Hillary Clinton. Now we're going to talk about the Republican candidate for president, Donald Trump. Right. Now, many of us know Donald Trump as being a successful businessman uh, for running the show The Apprentice. Um, things of that nature. So his career in politics is not nearly as long as Hillary's. Correct. And I think that is one of the major selling points for Mm -hmm. him is that he's not a career politician. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's probably looking good to a lot of people who are sick and tired of the politicians. I'll I'll admit that's something that looks good to me. It's probably the only thing about (laughs) Donald Trump that looks good to me, but... Well, you know, a lot of people are looking at Trump and what he's and what he's saying, some of the things he's saying and some of the things that you'll find um, his he supposedly stands on. It looks fairly good on paper. He says he's pro-life. He says he's pro-Second Amendment. He he seems like he wants to protect our country, which is a big issue with terrorism, with uh, border patrol and all those issues going on right now. So we really have to examine the man's character, his lifestyle, the things he said um, overall and kind of come to a conclusion from there. Because sometimes when we just look at someone on paper, it's they seem good and then they open their mouths in a speech and we're like, oh, well, that's not exactly what they were portraying on paper. <laughs> right. Uh, some churches do that. You uh, look yeah. at their do- their statement of faith and you're like, wow, that looks good. And then you get in the church and you're like, wow, that was terrible. <laughs> right. <Ugh. laughs> so Donald Trump, he professes to be a Christian, just like Hillary Clinton professes to be a Christian. Right. And his professing church of choice is a Presbyterian church. I, I don't know if he's talking about the good Presbyterian church or the U- yeah. wrong, the bad Presbyterian church. The Presbyterian gone wonky. USA. The Presbyterian's gone wonky. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um I would lean like that towards him, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say maybe he's in a more solid church cuz there can be interesting people in even solid churches. Yes. Like <laughs> us. I mean, we're pretty we're pretty weird even though we go to a very <laughs> solid church. Mm-hmm. So, which by the way is looking for a new pastor. So go to hydeparkbaptistchurch.org if you are someone looking to be a pastor. And you're biblically solid. Yeah, you, you better be good because <laughs> we're going to grill you. That's right. So one of the things, though, that uh, has made me sort of iffy about Mr. Trump's conversion is that uh, one of his biggest mm, spiritual mentors is Paula White. Now, wh- why do you have a problem with Paula White? How long is the show? No. <laughs> I have a problem with Paula White because she has said anyone who tells you to deny yourself is of the devil. Who told us to deny ourselves in scripture? Mm, mm. Could it be the Lord? Yeah. Something comes to mind about denying yourself, taking up your cross. I don't care if everything she said before and after that was solid. That was just dumb. That's a dumb statement to make if you have any sort of biblical knowledge. Yes. You don't deny yourself. Well, you're just making up your own thing now, aren't you, Paula? Because that ain't what Jesus taught us. And and that's just a a small, very small aspect of what what we find wrong with false teacher Paula White. Yes. Oh yeah. There's there's much to be picked at with her, but we'll be kind because we're not talking about her today. (laughs) Right. We're we're focusing on the presidential election, not false teachers. Right. So Donald Trump, who was it that said he was a Christian? James Dobson, Dr. James Dobson Mm -hmm. was endorsing Donald Trump as a Christian saying, yes, this man is a Christian. And you have lots of Christian leaders endorsing Donald Trump, promoting him. But you know what upsets me about that is they have no right to declare anyone saved exactly that is not biblical i can say i believe a person to be saved i'm seeing fruit and evidence that they are saved but it is a very dangerous thing and we know this from experience to say i know this person is saved because 
we've said that before and the person is an atheist now Mm -hmm. and you know what it's prideful i mean you don't we don't know anyone's heart that's why on someone's deathbed we can't say for certain they weren't saved we hope that they would be saved so we need to be very careful who we pronounce saved and not saved because we are not the one who saves and we don't see their heart my biggest problem with donald trump up until the 2016 presidential election Mm. he's been a diehard democrat yes i mean just flat out democrat pro pro choice uh against guns pro big government pro you know all all this stuff that democrats are all about up until i think 2015 is when he announced his candidacy his christianity seems very calculated Mm -hmm. and that's what causes a lot of suspicion among conservative christians it's not that we don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt you know because hey we were all babies you know baby christians and we weren't you know perfect when we were first saved that's but this is a man who has spent decades living a worldly life and then just when he is running for president as a conservative he's going to profess faith it's a little suspicious especially i mean you know when we talk about some of the things we're going to talk about with him right first john chapter 4 verse 1 says beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from god for many false prophets have gone out into the world Mm -hmm. we need to examine the fruit if there is any of anyone who professes to be a christian so what does trump's fruit look like rotten oops i'm I'm sorry we're we're not supposed to go into that right away (laughs) well we can but i'd like us to expound and not just say rotten okay moving on to the next candidate (laughs) (laughs) One thing that I'm, I haven't noticed so much lately, um, but at the very beginning of his campaign, um, there was a lot of videos showing him cussing mm-hmm. a lot. You know, I bet he made some truckers blush. <laughs> <laughs> he, Yeah. And the Bible says not to let corrupt speech come out of our mouths. So right there, you know, yes. D- does that mean he's not saved? No. Is it reason, though, to, to, you know, be a little bit more discerning and pay closer attention to him? Yes. And not just accept everything he says at face value? Definitely. Um, you know, and there was even a video released of him talking very in a very degrading way about women mm-hmm. uh, from 10 years prior. Yes. Now, that video to me, while horrible, the things he said, that doesn't really hold much weight to me because if Donald Trump were to be a Christian, that could have been prior to his conversion. But you know what? I do take issue with it. And I'll tell you why. Because not because of what he said in the video necessarily, but because of his response when the video came out was just, oh, it's just locker room talk. Mm. I mean, he, he said he regretted it, but there was no, there was seemingly no deep repentance taking place. Like, yes, I am ashamed that that has come out because I want to honor God with my speech, and I know that I did not at that time. Mm. The, it was a, a worldly sorrow, not a godly sorrow. Basically, right. a, I'm sorry I got caught. Yeah, that's what it seemed like to me. And 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 because he was like, it's just the locker room talk. With, with each time his, I regret it. It's just locker room talk, though. See, it's him justifying it. When you justify, have a justification mixed with an apology, is it really an apology? Right. I'm sorry, but... But mm-hmm. so another thing that he is known for is he likes to interrupt people and mm-hmm. name call people and basically throw mud mm-hmm. at people during debates and campaign talks and commercials and all other manner of where he can throw it in there. Right. He I even wrote it in my notes. He behaves like a child really during the debates he will not let a candidate get a whole speech out without interrupting with little snide comments the way he he talks just in general is very prideful that i'm just gonna fix everything i'm the answer to the world's problems not humility it's not kindness i mean again it's all about character and and what do we see is he behaving like someone who's growing in the lord Mm mm-hmm and those are definitely not areas where he is growing. Again, you you talked about him being pro-choice in the past. He's talking about being pro-life now. But let me read you this quote that uh, I got from the Washington Post that is a direct 
Trump quote. It says, I'm pro-life, but with caveats. It's life of the mother, very important. Incest and rape. So there are so many people out there that are screaming that Trump is pro-life, but Trump himself has said he's not pro-life. Not only that, but he has said Planned Parenthood has done many wonderful things. Mm -hmm. Do you realize what he? I'm sure Hitler did one or two nice things in between murdering all those Jews. Exactly, and (laughs) he's also stated regarding the Supreme Court ruling of Roe v. Wade back in 1973. He said, it's the law of the land, and I'm. this is not a direct quote, this is a paraphrase. Uh, it's the law of the land, we, we shouldn't, we can't really do anything about it, we should just leave it as it is. Mm-hmm. So he has no intention of overturning Roe v. Wade, not that that yeah. would stop abortions mm-hmm. either. And he's that, talking... That's kind of the, the golden calf of yeah. the pro-life community is overturning Roe v. Wade. That's not going to stop abortion. No. There was abortion before Roe v. Wade. Right. Just because someone says they're pro-life does not mean they're pro-life. Right. Look at the fruit. Look at the track record. Mm -hmm. See what's really going on here. Right. And even if he gets a Republican candidate on the justice, the Supreme Court justice, look at what our have the our Republicans done anything right it, to it's get been, rid of abortion. It's been over forty years, and we've had Republican compromise after compromise after compromise. But we've we've had you know Republican uh, supreme ruled Supreme Courts justices you know majority, and they haven't overturned it. No. So why would but all like of a sudden now be the change? Like you said, with us living in a fallen world, we would go, they would go back to, to back alley abortions. I'm sure abortionists would be willing to do it illegally to get their money. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that will end abortion. I no. think what will end abortion ultimately is the gospel. Amen. And that that was a hard thing when I was coming into the pro-life movement was to get that focus in that the gospel was the most important thing in that because you do go into it and and lives are very valuable, especially the lives of unborn children. You know, you want to save that baby, but let your eyes be fixed on proclaiming the gospel and the rest will take care of itself. Because if you get someone to say no to the abortion clinic, but they're not saved, they may turn right back around and go there the next time they get pregnant. Yep. Or they may just go a different day. Yep. When you're not there. Yeah. So going back to Trump's Christianity, I just want to talk about uh, an interview that he did with Playboy several years ago that I found on redstate.com. Yeah. Wasn't he, uh, there was a picture that came out a little while ago of him standing with a Christian leader. I forget who it was. Not Jerry Falwell. I don't think it was someone else. But I, I think that might have been it. Jerry yeah. Falwell Jr. But he was taking a, a promotional picture with Donald Trump, and right there in the background is a is the cover of Playboy magazine that Donald Trump was in. Yeah. And, Ironic, ain't it? Right. <laughs> but you said that there there's it was an interview that you wanted to talk about from that Playboy. Yes. And the reason why I bring it up for our show is because he talks about Jesus in it. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe this is good. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't hold your breath on that one. <laughs> um, Playboy asked him, how large a role does pure ego play in your deal making and enjoyment of publicity? And Donald responded, every successful person has a very large ego. The interviewer responded, every single person, Mother Teresa, Jesus Christ. Donald responds, far greater egos than you will ever understand. So according to at least Donald back when he did the Playboy interview, Jesus was a guy with a big ego. Which Hmm. uh, of all the people in the history of the world, he is the only one that, you know, has the right to a big ego. He's God. (laughs) Uh, But I disagree. He did not have a big ego. He came as a humble servant. Yes. And while he knew very well he was God, he wasn't like walking around like, hey... I'm God. Like, you know, he he didn't. It's he, ridiculous. He, he wasn't saying, hey, look at me. I'm huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was a horrible Donald that was Trump the, impersonation. I love it, though. That was awesome. <laughs> so we see Trump, though, just real quickly. He's had numerous wives. He's been in adultery. Definitely uh, known for not being very faithful right. to those wives. 
And his religious comments throughout this campaign leave just so little to be desired. Two Corinthians? Come on, man. It's right. second Corinthians. <laughs> he says he's never asked for forgiveness. And then when he was asked about God, he said he's the greatest. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure any religion could say that about their deity. Oh, yeah. He's great. Love all that he does. I got my Ferrari. What? <laughs> so come, dig a little deeper. I mean, like even Cruz went a little bit better than that. <laughs> oh, I... No, I, I really have issue with his never needing to ask for forgiveness. Right. Because that implies that he doesn't think he's ever done anything wrong against God. Right. If you don't think you deserve hell, that's where you spend eternity. Mm-hmm. Donald right. Trump doesn't think he deserves hell. Right. And we need to know our sin so that we can know the sacrifice of Christ. Yes. Why did Christ die if it, if you don't think you deserve forgiveness? Right. And if you don't deserve forgiveness, then are you a Christian? Why be a Christian at that point? Exactly. It, it's, it's the, as you put it, the calculated choice. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll be right back with more on Faith and Family Radio. Here's how VidAngel lets you watch movies for $1. You buy a movie for $20, don't worry, it ends up being $1. Since you own the movie, you can legally set your filters. Now, watch your movie. Then, with the click of a button, sell it back to us for $19 of credit. That means each movie is only $1. It's that simple. Buy for $20, set filters, watch it, sell it back for $19. Enjoy your $1 movie. Sign up at faithfamilyradio.com slash vidangel. You're listening to the Face and Family Radio Show with my mommy and daddy, Elaine and Ryan Uniac. We are talking about the 2016 election. Yes, the horrible mess that it is. <laughs> uh, the election that everybody is wishing would just be done already. There's been one thing that both Democrats and Republicans have actually agreed upon during this election, and that is that their candidates stink. <laughs> well, I think like a lot of people are like, yeah, I could try and argue against that, but who are we kidding? <laughs> it's just too much of it is out there to try and just, uh, I don't know, some people are justifying still, but. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 creating excuses to justify their candidate mm -hmm. no matter how bad they are they're coming up with every reason under the sun to justify it right some of which would be we're electing a president not a pastor yes i, I have seen that one a couple times uh, I, i'm voting for the lesser of, of two, two evils, evils. Uh, that implies that both are still evil well you don't want so-and-so to win so i'm gonna vote for my person so that so-and-so doesn't win because that's the only shot right and and that's that's the kicker is it's not so much that they want their candidate to win they just don't want the other candidate to win mm -hmm. that's the vote I hate that candidate more, so I'm going to vote for this candidate. And really, it's not even about the candidates. It's mm -hmm. They're on the blue team, so I'm going to vote for the red team, no matter how horrible or blue the candidate looks, mm -hmm. and the people on the blue team. I'm going to vote for the blue team guy because the red team is, is my enemy, so now, I have to vote for the blue team, yeah. no matter how bad they are. Right. But that doesn't mean that there haven't ever been good Republican candidates in the past, and if one came that we wouldn't stand behind right and i'm not saying that you shouldn't vote for a candidate just because they're republican or just because they're democrat no you as we said earlier mm -hmm. you vote for the person who you think would do the best job right um so all these excuses we're hearing we feel are poor excuses for picking your your man to to lead a, our country yeah and you know it's funny another excuse that i've been seeing on facebook actually kind of got into it a little bit with someone on facebook the other day someone said i'm voting for trump because there is no other option yeah there is and i offered one up to them and they said oh that that's a joke 
you know, a, a vote for that person is a vote for Hillary. My response to that was posting a link to a President Obama quote that said a vote for this person would be a vote for Trump. Mm. And it just went back and forth. And the person kept justifying, kept justifying, kept justifying. And then they started making fun of me or call, calling me names. And I just left it at that. I'm not there to argue. I was there to point out the fact that you say there's no other option, but that's right. not true. So this is just so important for us as Christians is that we don't resort to name calling because one, you're shutting a person down already to not hear you. But two, it's not treating another person with respect and value. Um, and it shows you have no argument. Right. I would agree with you there, but I'm just thinking of the principle of just how we are to conduct ourselves as Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, we are not to um, walk around saying, oh, yeah, that person is saying they're a Christian, but they're voting for this person. So that makes them a moron. Like, how is that Christian love? Exactly. And that's something that we are seeing dwindling during this election season is the Christian love is just not there. You know, the Bible talks about uh, people will know us by our love for one another. Right. And Christians are getting so heated and so hateful towards one another based on the presidential election Mm -hmm. that there, I would say there is reason to call into question some people's salvation Mm -hmm. because the Bible says they'll know you by your love for one another, by your love for other Christians. And if you're not showing love for other Christians, are you really saved? I would say that, um, yeah, I I won't go as far as to say they're not saved, but I would definitely say they're, they're How not. How dare you disagree with me? You, <laughs> you, you, you hateful bigot, you. I know, right? Uh, I'm, I'm going to well, unfriend you. <laughs> but, you know, it, it does show that people are being emotional. They're being prideful. They're being, they're, um, they're moving with their flesh instead of their spirit. You know what I mean? Like they're acting on what they feel and they are trying to throw God in there at the last minute and say that what they're doing is godly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I don't agree with that. Um, I think if you have to um, belittle somebody and, and just refuse to have a decent discussion with someone because they don't agree with you, I feel like that's just self-righteousness exemplified. I want us to tackle some of the big questions that we have as Christians when we're going through an election. And one is that just with seeing what we have on the table as far as candidates, a lot of people are asking, is God giving us over to wicked leaders? Because we see rampant immorality in these main candidates. Yes, I do think that the current candidates we have is a result of judgment from God. I would have to kind of agree with you there. You know, John Calvin says when God wants to judge a nation, he gives them wicked rulers. And I kind of think we can see that in scripture a little bit too. People rebelled and asked God for a king and God gave them Saul. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we need to be very aware of what our candidates are standing for and ask that question of why do we have candidates such as these? It's because of our immorality. Yeah. And Psalm 125.3 talks about how the the scepter of wickedness shall not rest upon the land of the righteous. Mm. So the opposite of that would bring about the scepter of wickedness or mm. a wicked ruler. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be interesting to see where our nation goes in the next four, eight years. I mean, we, we as Christians have been saying it's on a downgrade, but I think just seeing our candidates that you have to wonder how much worse is it going to get? You almost think, could it get any worse? But I'm sure it can. Well, yeah. I mean, as of right now, we still have the freedom to uh, assemble. We still have the freedom to meet for church on Sundays. We still have the freedom to go out and share the gospel publicly with people. Granted, those rights are very quickly eroding. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Republican or Democratic candidates are going to do anything about that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because our nation as a whole is wicked. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. 60 million babies murdered over 60 million since 1973. Right. And that's roughly 3,500 a day Mm -hmm. that our nation is murdering. Right. How can God bless America when America murders the blessings of God? 
And that's atrocious just in and of itself, but that's not our only issue in America as far as turning away from God's righteousness to ungodliness. We see Mm -hmm. um, same-sex marriage being legalized, rampant drug use, prostitution has become legal in many states. Now we're not even willing to say that a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl anymore. It's just, it's it's total depravity starting to, to unfold. And it's our fault. Oh, yeah. You know, the reason we have the candidates that we have for Republican and Democrat is because that's what the Republican Party and the Democratic Party think we want. Mm-hmm. And the reason they keep giving us worse and worse candidates every four to eight years is because we still elect them. So, honey, there might be people out there listening to the show that are like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Trump, but I really, really don't like Hillary. Can't I vote for the lesser of two evils? Should Christians vote for the lesser of two evils? I guess I should say. Well, Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, actually said, of two evils, choose neither. And I agree with him. If you don't think either mainstream candidate is an option or is the best person for the job of president or Mm -hmm. ruler of America, then don't select them. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And stop voting out of fear. Mm -hmm. Bible says that we are not to be fearful, Mm -hmm. that we are to trust the Lord no matter what happens. Because even if Hillary gets in, even if Trump gets in, God's still sovereign. God's still on the throne, ultimately. Exactly. And he has allowed those rulers to be in command. You're right. In fact, God puts them in the place of leadership. Mm -hmm. Romans 13 verse 1 actually says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, Mm -hmm. for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So when you're voting out of fear and not trusting the Lord, your candidate could still lose. Yes. In fact, say 100% of America votes Republican. Hillary could still win. And not just because of voter fraud. (laughs) But because if God wants Hillary to be in office as judgment upon our nation, Hillary will be in office as judgment upon our nation. If Trump gets put into office, it's because God put him there. If Obama has a third term, it's because (laughs) God ordained it. Mm -hmm. Stop voting out of fear. Yeah. And you know what? God holds tomorrow. I don't care who's in office. And and whoever's in office, we need to be praying for them. We think they're wicked, evil rulers. We need to be praying for their salvation, that God would give them wisdom to lead our country in righteousness, that they would set that example of repentance for our country. So instead of just griping all the time about how much they stink, which even Ryan and I do that in our private, in the privacy of our own home, we'll talk about, oh, this candidate or this candidate. Um, We need to be on our knees praying that God would give us hearts to trust him and praying for those leaders. Yeah. Second Timothy 1 7 says, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Mm-hmm. So we are not to be motivated by fear. That should not be what drives us in the the voting booth by any means. One, one other thing that I, I want to bring up, and I think I brought this up four years ago and eight years ago when the same arguments were being used for the candidates back then. Say you vote for what you feel is the lesser of two evils, the person you think wouldn't be as bad, but then that person turns out to be the Antichrist. Well, guess what? You just voted for the Antichrist. How how good do you feel about your vote now? now? I'm not saying that either of these candidates is the Antichrist by any means, but think about that. Say you, you vote for someone you think is the better candidate because you don't want the worse candidate, and then that person turns out to do something horrible, and you have that on your conscience. You have to live with that, that you voted for the next Hitler or the next Stalin. Honey, I I don't have this in my notes, but I want to bring this up. Is it wrong or not wrong? Is it selfish 
to vote your conscience. I mean, these are children's futures on the line. This is our country on the line. Aren't you just being selfish by voting what you feel is the best choice for for you as a Christian, not best for everybody? That is a foolish argument because voting your conscience means you're voting for what is right. The but reason it has we... no chance, so you're you're being selfish by putting your conscience at the forefront and not thinking practically about what would be best for everybody in the future. Well, let's think about the the word conscience. Why do we have a conscience? God gave us our conscience to know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. Every time we do something wrong, the conscience bears witness in us that we did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Every time we do something wrong, we know it was wrong to do it. And that's because of our conscience. Mm-hmm. If you vote against your conscience, you're saying, I'm voting for what is wrong. And I know that I'm voting for what is wrong. Mm-hmm. That argument is not a valid argument, especially if you claim to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. You should never say, don't vote your conscience, because by that, by saying that, you're saying, don't vote for what's right. Well, we're seeing that quite a bit, honey. I'm seeing very well-known Christians or professing Christians. I won't even call Ben Carson a professing Christian, um, but he's in the lump with them that is saying, we have to put aside our, our faith values and and just vote for the, 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 the lesser of two evils, if you will, the better of the two candidates. Well, it's easy for him to do it because he's not a Christian. Mm-hmm. He, he professes to be Seventh-day Adventist, which is a cult, but all of his statements regarding religion are more universalist, mm-hmm. which also is not Christian. Right. So don't use that argument to excuse your vote. If, if you feel that God wants you to vote for Trump, then fine, vote for Trump. If you feel that God wants you to vote for Hillary, then fine, vote for Hillary. Mm. That's on your conscience, whoever you vote for. Vote for the candidate, A, that you feel God is leading you to vote for. Do all your voting with prayer. Mm-hmm. B, vote for the person a- after you have confirmed confirmed this through the Holy Spirit working inside you. Vote for the person that you feel would do the best job in that position. Again, look at it like a job interview, not like a pep rally. So, honey, if someone wants to vote third candidate and because they feel like that is the person who best aligns with their convictions, are they wasting their vote? Because there's only two main candidates. The majority of the votes is going to them. So this person's not going to end up, is not going to win the election anyway. So why throw your vote away? Because you're not throwing your vote away. A vote is a vote, no matter how small. (laughs) (laughs) To somewhat quote Dr. Seuss. (laughs) The only wasted vote is a vote for someone you don't think would do the job well. If you want, if you feel that the best person for the job is a third-party candidate, then vote for that person, mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not you know. Just because they're not part of the two-party system, mm-hmm. does not mean that they won't win. Again, going back to Romans thirteen one, if God wants them in office, they'll be in office. I will say that I would feel a wasted vote would be someone that you know if you write in, it's not going to count. <laughs> I, I'd say that's taking it a little bit extreme. Like like people who are like... Um, voting I'm for Mickey Mouse? Voting, I'm going to vote for Jesus. It's like, yes, Jesus... Well, Jesus is our king. We don't need to vote for him. Right. He doesn't need our vote, exactly. first of all. Second of all, don't be foolish. Don't, don't put in someone who you know wouldn't meet the requirements and your vote wouldn't count. Yes. And, and a lot of people will say, oh, I'm just going to write myself in. Right. Well, you don't meet the qualifications of a write-in candidate. Mm-hmm. So that is a wasted vote. Exactly. If you're going to vote write-in, make sure it's a candidate that has gone through the proper channels to be considered an official write-in candidate. I just wanted to throw that in there because there are people who will, th- I'm going to throw in, you know, a celebrity I like that, you know, mm. just so happens to be in into politics. I'm going to vote for, you know, Whoopi Goldberg or Tom Hanks or, you know, whatever. It's just, come on, don't, don't be foolish with your vote. Yes. But third party candidates, I'll be honest, that's all I voted for in presidential elections since having the ability to vote. Right. Because I've never felt that the main parties have offered me options that were feasible, that were worth my vote. 
I've had one Republican candidate that I was excited about and I was disappointed. <laughs> I'll be I'll be honest. It seemed like they were so solid on everything I stood for and they seemed like they stood firm. And then the last second they backtracked and it just mm-hmm. broke my heart. Yeah, they, they succumb to the same arguments as other people, mm-hmm. which is a shame. Because it, it shows that they weren't standing mm-hmm. on God's word and on God's promises as previously thought. But I think this election is going to be one of the highest America has had on voting for third party candidates. Yes, I, I, I am excited to see the outcome of the election. Right. Because I think a third party vote, while I, I don't personally feel that it will win, mm-hmm. uh, aside from God's ordaining work, mm-hmm. I do think you will see mm-hmm. a lot of third party support in this election which will Mm -hmm. make people hopefully make people start considering Mm -hmm. that as a viable option right i mean we even have people that are still clinging to the the candidates that have already dropped out like bernie sanders we've got people that are like i'm i don't care i'm writing him in so i think we'll see a good amount of votes for him Mm -hmm. and then on the more conservative side there's there's a couple of candidates that i think people are are really getting behind like um daryl castle is one Tom Hoefling. Tom Hoefling. Uh, you've got Jill Stein and Gary Johnson, some other... But those th- are th- more those, liberal. Those are the, right, but those are the well-known yeah. third-party candidates. Right. Those are the... Even though the third-party candidate has no chance, mm-hmm. those are the only two that have a chance. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? That makes no sense. <laughs> I agree. But that, I'm confused. But that's how people are, are, are looking at it. <laughs> like, really? But, you know, that's why you do your research. Before you go out and vote, you go online and find out about these people what do they stand for what what are you okay with you know what are the the deal breakers what are the non-deal breakers ryan said earlier that losing his gun isn't a deal breaker if he has one which we're not saying right (laughs) but i mean there are there are other things you know that you know we could never as Christians, Ryan and I could never back a pro-choice candidate. And we we mean we we would support a fully pro-life candidate only. Right. There is no exception for right. us. Right. Where where do uh, you stand on same-sex marriage? Where do you stand on um, mandatory vaccinations? That's going to be a big one mm-hmm. um, in the upcoming future, a big issue. Um, where do you stand on the public education system, teaching our kids Common Core? The troops, wars. Where do you stand on that? Fiscal policy. Do your research. Oh, look at you throwing around a big word. <laughs> <laughs> You said that. I'm like, what? <laughs> I need to go online and look that up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it means. I just know they talk about it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but it makes us sound like super educated, so. <laughs> but during the break, go online. We'll even put a link to a couple of places in the show notes and find out more information about your candidates other than, oh, it's not Hillary or, oh, it's not Trump. Do some research. Find out if they would be the right guy or girl for the job. There are things that cause the heart to wonder. Awe-inspiring things that can't be explained. That you never thought you would see. After more than 4,000 years, it's your moment to encounter the Ark. The voyage begins again, July 7. You're listening to the Faith and Family Radio Show. Welcome back to the Faith and Family Radio Show. We've been talking a lot about the voting, in particular the presidential voting. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're just totally fed up with this whole thing. You've been listening to it for like the past two years. (laughs) People talking about running for president, people bashing each other because they're running for president, and all this junk happening. I don't blame you. No, the ads have gotten kind of (laughs) ugly. Yeah. Which... Is the norm. Yeah, which is one reason I like that we don't really watch TV. Yeah, but we've been watching like the series. Yeah, we watch the World Series. So there's we've been subjected to a lot more of it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was bad. Anyway, with voting, there's more. I don't know if you know this, but we have elections every year, mm-hmm. n- not just every four years for a president. Mm-hmm. So say you're totally fed up with the presidential thing. You're not going to vote for president. 
fine. That is your choice. That is your option. But I would still encourage you to get out there and vote for all the other stuff that is on the ballot. You have levies, you have laws, you have senators and clerk of courts, treasurers, all different kinds of stuff. Sheriffs, everything under the sun. You know, you got all those different things that also need your vote and your study of who the best candidate would be for the job and what the best option would be for non-candidate positions or stuff that you're voting for. I'm going to disagree with you. I want to encourage people to go vote for the president, even if they're sick and tired of it. Let your voice be heard. Our opinions matter, mean something. You know, if you don't vote, you're silent before all these leaders that you don't agree with. At least let that come out when you vote. I don't agree with these policies, so I'm voting for this person. Yeah. So get out and vote. As the Democrats would say, vote early, vote often. (laughs) (laughs) No. And don't let being dead get in your way. Stop it. No, no, of course not. The one thing, the one takeaway to remember with the election season, God's in control. Right. No matter who gets elected, no matter what happens, God is in control. Mm -hmm. He is the king of kings. Mm -hmm. He is the Lord of lords. He is the president of presidents. (laughs) He's in control. He's in charge. Right. Trust him. Right. Regardless of what happens come November 8th. Seek his will. Seek his will, not yours. Not what you think is best, but what does God's word say? What would be most honoring, the most honoring way to vote? God honoring. Submit to him. Right. And what he wants you to do. Don't submit to fear. Submit to God. And pray. Pray for our leaders. Yes. This is an um, an awesome burden they have on their shoulders. They have to protect our country, keep it safe. They have so many people that they need to appeal to. I don't pretend to know how awesome of a responsibility it is and how much pressure is on these people's shoulders. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Pray for those leaders who you don't like. Exactly. Because God can change their heart. Look at Ronald Reagan. He was originally a Democrat, and now he's like the poster boy for Republicans. Perfect example. President Obama has been in office for eight years. Many Christians don't like him. Many Republicans don't like him. But how often have you prayed Mm -hmm. for President Obama in those past eight years? Right. I know I haven't prayed for him as often as I should. Right. If nothing else, pray for their salvation. Because guess what? You don't like their policies. Well, if God changes their heart, their policies are probably going to (laughs) change. No, they will change if they're if they've been genuinely converted. They've been given a new heart with new desires. They can't stay in the state they're in if they are extremely liberal in their policies. God will do a work in them. Thank you for listening to this episode. We pray that this will be the end, the soon end of the chaos that is the election season. If you are encouraged by what you heard today, please share it on your social media page so that others can hear before election time. That That's our main reason for doing an episode regarding the election season is to encourage people and, and to get them thinking biblically about these matters. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not out here doing this for fame and glory. We just want to be faithful to the Lord and we want to edify our brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you were edified, please share it with those that you feel also need to be edified. This has been the Faith and Family Radio Show. Get out and vote. God bless you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Faith and Family Radio Show. Please share our program with others and leave feedback on social media. Do you have a subject that you'd like us to talk about on a future episode? Let us know at faithfamilyradio.com or by calling 513-900-8070. Thanks for listening and God bless you.